You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. Brenthurst Wealth is South Africa's leading boutique wealth manager 2022. With me from the Stellenbosch office of Brenthurst Wealth is Ryan Britt. And we're talking about a subject that he kindly sent me earlier on. And the headline is as follows. Offshore investment portfolios, discretionary versus tax efficient structures. As soon as the word tax comes into the equation here, everyone gets a little bit nervous, Ruan, because you can say, well, this sounds like a really good deal. But then they come at the end and say, oh, by the way, there's some tax implications. I think that's what you're trying to put forward here. Yes, exactly. That's 100% right, Lindsay. Um, you know, initially, you know, as you start with your personal investment career or investment journey from a young age, you normally tend to do research on what yield the best returns, what type of investments or what asset laws would, would give you the best returns, whether it's a local or global portfolio. But I think it's only at a later stage where you where you really realize the, the, the advantages and the importance of having the right tax structures and you know investing through the, the best and most tax efficient ways um, as opposed to the net effect of, of, a, of a tax structure will be quite important if, if, if not used correctly. Yes, exactly. In one paragraph, you say, what I've seen far too often come across my desk is investors with direct offshore investment portfolios in simple discretionary structures with no tax or succession planning mechanisms built into the structure. Does it mean that you have to have your domestic tax affairs in place and also then you have to sort of adhere to the international tax structures as well is that what it is so you've got uh, two tax implications here yes that's right Lindsay you're, you're spot on especially you know Brenters with having a bit of overweight opinion on offshore assets there's definitely the, the big importance of having offshore liquid assets in the right structures with regard to the article that, that's been written um it's, it's the focus is, is more on on local trusts uh, with you know with holding holding liquid liquid assets on a local front that that's not protected against the depreciation of the of the land, and I think that's where the the importance of this article comes in is to protect is to protect local assets within a in a South African trust against the the, the ever depreciating land and also to expose the the local capital to to offshore opportunities. Um, South Africa's economy only represents one one percent or less than one percent of the world economy. I think it could be a detrimental if uh, it could have a detrimental effect on on an investment portfolio if there's not sufficient diversification and offshore exposure built into the trust. And I think uh, for long for for long time now there there was an understanding that South African trusts can only invest in South African assets. Um, it, it, it depends on the asset laws within the trust, whether it's, it's liquid assets or fixed property or whatever the case might be. Or obviously, for for property investments, that, that you know that that's that's a bit out of the scope of the article. The article was focusing mainly on on liquid asset and, and investment portfolios. Um, and I think there's big value to be added in a lot of local trusts where family wealth has been accumulated over over years and through generations. Where good wealth has been built up in a trust, but there's not sufficient offshore exposure, which obviously leads to a diminishing returns that, that doesn't keep up with inflation within the trust. You say that certain tax benefits of trusts have been diminished by various changes in law and legislation. 
This must make it terribly difficult for you and your clients at Brentos Wolf to keep up because every year something changes. So this is where the importance of a financial advisor comes in because you have to keep on top of that. And, you know, a person with a bit of money is, is made a bit of money because he or she is making money in their daily job. But you've got to keep on top of this sort of thing. Yeah, that's 100% right, Lindsay. Um, as you say, the, the tax... The tax environment changes every year with the with the budget speech um, that comes out, and I think it's like I said, it's very important to keep an eye on the on the tax on the tax part of your of your investment portfolio, and not just simply put all your time and, and focus on getting the best assets that that provides the highest returns. I think you know um, uh, if you compare a like for like portfolio with with one being in a tax efficient structure and the other not, you'll often find that the the net returns of the of the portfolio that was invested through a tax efficient structure will outperform the performance of a of a normal discretionary structure, and especially when it comes to you know bigger bigger um, family trusts and and like I said the the, the build up of family wealth and generational wealth. Um, I think that's that's why it's very important to also have the the right advice to your your availability and to make sure that, that, that you cover all bases from a tax perspective. This is a very important sentence that you put out here now, and I'll read it to you. Globalization of families. So important when it comes to South Africa, because so many of the children of the last generation are saying, do I stay here or do I go? But anyway, gone are the days, you say, when it is traditional for a family of four to attend school and university and then work in the same jurisdiction over their entire lifetime. And that blows open the whole personal wealth sphere, doesn't it? Because you've got so many different things to consider. And that's where you come in. That's that's right, Lindsay. And as I mentioned, that as you also rightly pointed out now, where traditionally it was, it was a, a situation where once you finish school in South Africa, you will attend a local university, and and the, most of our universities still are and was back then, um, you know, top notch and world class institutions. Where as the, the 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 situation has changed quite a bit, and even off university, the you know the you'll find a lot of individuals going going abroad to find better working opportunities to, for various reasons whatsoever and i think that's why it's so important to have the right the right allocation within your within your family trust but also the, the right tax structures to to make sure that there's no tax leakage within within the portfolio or within the trust um so South Africans are becoming more and more global citizens and global consumers and not only local consumers and local purchases. So, you know, the, I think the, the real importance in all of this is to make sure that the, the wealth that's been built up in a generational or family trust is, is it's important for the, for the wealth to keep up with, with the depreciating rand and, the, you know, the, the rand losing continuous ground against major currencies globally. And also, as I mentioned, there's a lot of other investment opportunities out there that we don't have available in South Africa, that we can't offer investors in South Africa. And I think that's where the right structure comes into play, is to make sure that if you are the a trustee or a beneficiary of a, of a local South African trust and the idea is to build up wealth over time, it's, it's very important to have the right mix of assets within the right, right structures built into the trust. Yes, you talk about trust and you talk about a trust invested in JSE listed companies in March 2022. Give us an example of what you're talking about here, please. Yes, Lindsay, um, as, I, as I mentioned also in the, you know, in the article, um, I, I took a, a hypothetical um, a scenario 
where a trust invested in invested companies um, where 300,000 rand capital was invested in an equal weighted portfolio across uh, three or four of the big names on the JSE. And that wealth would have accrued to four, roughly 4 million rand today, uh, which is an annualized uh, compound return of 13% per annum. Um, and to get out of this investment in today's terms, um, and you, you would have considered the, the CGT implications, of, which would have been around about 1.3 million, which you would have been have to pay to source to to liquidate this investment, which means you you give away a lot of the of, of the of the risk you took effectively give away to source, um, and I think that's where that's where tax efficient structures uh, with, within within trusts comes into play to, to keep the the capital gains tax effect to an absolute minimum. Um, and I think there's a lot of wealth that's been given away unnecessarily to the wrong people. By simply not being in the right structures, I think, like I say, it's it's one thing getting getting the right exposure and, and getting good returns on your investment, but the art lies in, in, in not to give it away again. Yes, indeed, and this is key here. This particular paragraph, you say, a family trust's primary objective is wealth accumulation, obviously preserving the capital within the trust to build generational wealth where it is safely managed by the trustees and not exposed to the opinions of various individuals. But of course, you have to be um, subjected to the opinions of various individuals, notably your financial advisor, because the rules change every year, as you said earlier on in the interview. Yes, that's right, Lindsay. And I think this, especially with family trust, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stakeholders and role players involved in the equation and i think um having having the the right advice on your side will you know will at the end of the day determine the success of and the and the, and the growth of your family wealth um whether if, if especially you know considering it might be liquid assets or a, or a global investment portfolio i think that will really determine the will be the determining factor whether you achieve your investment objectives or not the last uh, section of the article you kindly sent me is uh, headed as follows. Alternative, the sinking fund. An SA trust could opt to invest the capital into a sinking fund. This structure is very similar to an endowment policy, with the exception that a sinking fund does not require life assured. Now it's getting complicated for me, Rowan. So over to you, the expert. Yes, Lindsay. Yeah, so, like I said, uh, the sinking fund is, is very similar to, a, to an endowment policy, which sits on an investment company's local balance sheet or local license. So, I think you know the the biggest importance here is to, to explain it in simple terms is to remember that a trust income is taxed at a flat rate of forty five percent and capital gains at thirty six percent. In short, the the sinking fund's capital gains is only taxed at a flat rate of 12% for reason being that this sinking fund structure sits on the the local company's uh, balance sheet or life license and therefore you pay tax at the at the company's rate of 12%. So I think by simply doing that you already you know increase your your after tax returns by a fair amount and you can still manage to get as to almost 100% offshore exposure within your trust. And, and I think, you know, that the, the thinking shouldn't be anymore to realize gains on local fronts, but to build a well-diversified portfolio within a trust and, you know, getting it into the right tax structures as well. You say SA trusts are not able to make direct offshore investments, which is a big drawback for wealthier South African families and investors, especially considering that these families normally live and spend in global turn. The sinking fund addresses this issue in the sense that the capital can be up to 100% exposed to offshore markets. Okay, 
So this is another fairly complex concept to understand for a wealthy family. I mean, they've made their money, but they may not be coherent when it comes to this type of structure. So what is your message now? I mean, after all this, after this article and after this interview, what is your message to people that have a lot of money trying to protect their wealth? Yeah, I would definitely say, as I mentioned before, um, to, to get the right exposure, I think it's very important for, for, for local trust to have exposure to offshore assets um, for two main reasons. For One is being, you know, additional or a surplus of, of and a wide array of opportunities available um, that's not that's not available locally. And then also, you know, to, to protect the, the, the purchasing power of the capital against the depreciating rand, um, you will have to really... You have to really get get very exceptional local returns um, if you don't have any offshore exposure to keep up with with inflation and the depreciation of the rand, etc. So I would say getting the right exposure first of all, and then getting into the right stru- tax structure is probably the two biggest the biggest and most important factors to consider when when you have a, a fair amount of liquid assets in a local trust. If generational wealth building is the primary objective of your SA Trust Capital. This, as we've just heard over the last few minutes, is a very important factor to consider. And that's what you say, Ruan, in concluding your article. Ruan Britt is a financial advisor at Brentos Wealth in Stellenbosch. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.